0: Welcome to the Rerooted and Thriving Podcast, the podcast where we remind you to reroute yourself in your natural skills and talents so that you can thrive in your leadership. We believe that each of you has leadership ability, and this is the podcast to show you just how to use it. I'm Dr. Tamara Wilkerson-Dias, occasional runner, book lover, and your podcast host. Let's get started. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Rerooted and Thriving Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Tamara Dias, and I'm excited to welcome you back to this week's podcast. So last week on the podcast, one of the things that, well, you know, I talked about a lot, (laughs) um, but one of the things that, of course, I talked about was evolving from this conversation on knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses, and that led me to cover last week the importance of trust. In leadership, I highlighted that it's almost impossible to lead effectively and with impact if there is no trust. There must be trust amongst team members who are working on a team together, as well as trust from supervisor to employee. So if you're managing or overseeing a project, or if you're working to supervise a group of team members Trust is essential on both sides. You must trust them to effectively do what it is that they've been asked to do, and they must trust you as their supervisor. That led me to think about, well, what about the times where there isn't trust? And there's lots of scenarios that I can think about where trust doesn't exist. But specifically, what happens when there isn't trust because we just don't get along with our bosses? And even more specifically, when we have a bad boss or a bad leader. I'm sharing this for a few reasons. Most of us can likely think of, pinpoint, identify someone that supervised us, whether they were in a managerial or director position. We can think of someone who supervised us that likely was someone we wouldn't have picked for whatever reason. But from our perspective, we would have categorized them as a quote, bad boss or bad supervisor. Additionally, I started to just think about folks that I have worked for who may have been amazing at their job title or their job description, but when it comes to managing or leading or supervising a team, they needed a little bit more support in that area. So this week, I really wanted to talk about what it looks like from our perspective, if we have to work underneath or report to someone who might not be that great at leading others. You can be great at your individual job. So maybe you're hired to oversee projects and carry out contracts. And maybe when it comes to closing a deal and carrying out a contract, you're amazing. But when it comes to actually supervising and delegating and efficiently managing a team, to support the implementation of said project, you need a little bit more support. One of the things that I have learned in my leadership journey is that the two characteristics don't always go hand in hand. You can find folks who are really great at sparking a vision, at leading a team, carrying out a team-wide mission and goal, but maybe they're actually not great at the day-to-day characteristics that they need to be successful in their role. Alternatively, you can find people who know their job description down to the very last dotted I and crossed T. But when it comes to supervising a team, they need a lot of work. And oftentimes, what we're finding, especially as you get into conversations with corporations and organizations, I'll meet lots of people who'll say, the person I work with really knows the material. They know the content. They know the actual job requirements. But man, when it comes to actually leading a team, and being the person to guide the team to the finish line, they need a lot of work. This week, we're talking all things, how do I work under a boss that I may not deem as the best boss in the world, or someone who I feel comfortable reporting to. I'm sharing this because I know that if you're listening to this and you are a leader, this can be helpful to think about as we're reflecting on our own leadership. We can take time and pause to ask ourselves, okay, am I aware of areas where I may need to improve as a leader now that I've gotten a little bit more insight into what could qualify me as not being as effective as I'd like to be? Or if you're listening to this and you're kind of in the middle. So maybe you are a director, you're, you know, you manage a smaller team or you're kind of at the middle, um, you're a senior manager or something like that. And so you have a leader that you report to, and then you have a group reporting to you as well. When you're in that middle spot, it's almost like you're juggling because you have to now build that relationship with the team that you supervise, and you have to maintain a positive relationship with your boss or the leader that you're reporting to as well. So let's jump right in. Let's start this conversation around how do I navigate working with a quote unquote bad boss. And I keep saying quote because I don't necessarily like the word bad boss. I call me naive. I fully believe that most of the time when people take leadership positions, they want to be successful in that position. Yes, call me naive because I know you're probably listening to me like Tamara, that is not the case. I can tell you about a few. But I don't like to say bad bosses because I truly believe that leaders that we may not deem as good or effective or impactful. They just need some more practice. They need more training, they need more support. And sometimes they need to step down from leadership until they gain those skills. And so I don't really like to say bad bosses. I'm just saying difficult relationships with your leadership, we'll we'll say that. So the first thing that I wanna encourage you to do, if you're listening to this and you're saying, okay, I know that I have a feeling that this is me. The first thing I want you to really do is unpack if you're working with someone that's difficult. Before we try to alter the situation or make any changes or make any improvements, I really want you to take some time and reflect on the aspects of that relationship or working with that person. What draws you in as being negative or harmful? So maybe you wanna reflect on some interactions you've had Perhaps you want to reflect on different characteristics about their personality that you know stand out to you as you think on your time where you all have had to work together. You also want to think about behaviors that you maybe have observed. Have there been meetings or conversations? Do you have email threads that you kind of want to refer back to that jog this connection of you wanting to say this is a this is a poor relationship. I don't have a good relationship with this person." and it pulls me into a negative space. Really start to think on the things that are making you feel this way. Or ask yourself, am I just being too hard on this person? You know, if you're working with someone who just stepped into leadership 30, 60, 90, sometimes even a year ago, it's gonna take them some time to transition and to really learn the leadership position. I think back to when I first entered into the C-suite And I entered into a vacant position. There was no transition plan. The person before me had been gone for seven months and they took a position out of the country. So it wasn't even like I could just call them up quickly and kind of do a quick check-in or we could meet for coffee. That was almost impossible. Um, And so I came in and it really took me a year and a half to two years to finally feel comfortable in the work that I was doing, because I came in without an orientation plan. I came in without, you know, a previous leader's knowledge or guidance when I started. And the board that hired me didn't have a ton of knowledge when it came to be able to help me to be to help me navigate kind of the day to day. So also ask yourself, am I being hard on this person? Have I considered all of the variables at play in the situation? because there may be additional factors that are adding to the reasons why you might feel like this leader isn't the best quality or someone that you would have picked other than them just not having leadership capacity. So I encourage you to think about that as well. I also encourage you just to take some observations. So consider taking some time if you feel like, man, this is my boss. I feel like my boss is a poor leader. Take some time over maybe a a couple of weeks or so and just observe the interactions between you and your boss, as well as your boss and other colleagues. And take that time, now that you have this lens of actually evaluating, is my boss a difficult person to work with? Um, Really use this time to observe, take notes, take mental notes and evaluate. And also consider if there's factors outside of that person's control, so a lot of times we think someone is a poor leader, but they have a boss over them that is actually really leading them and telling them that they just have to deliver the message. So also frame that as well. And I start that from saying that I have worked with many leaders as a coach and I have, worked, I have been a leader myself. And a lot of times what can sometimes come across as incompetent leadership really is more so an incompetent organization. Sometimes it's a poor board of directors. Other times there's company culture that has to shift and you can't shift that without looking at every single stakeholder internally and externally. So start to really get to the heart of that. Once you've done that, if you feel like, nope, I did it and um, this person's a difficult person to work with and I'm just really struggling to, to, to work alongside them. The first thing that I want to encourage you to do is to establish your own boundaries. And I talk about boundaries a lot just in terms of general self-care, self-preservation in the workplace. I talk about how important boundaries are just in your day-to-day interactions, but I really want you to know that boundaries are important specifically when you're working in a situation where you feel like you're working under poor leadership. Working in those situations means that you almost have to be proactive about caring for yourself because you know you're working for someone who doesn't necessarily always have your best interest at heart. Boundaries are going to give you that space to protect yourself, to ensure that regardless of what they decide, regardless of what they deem you should be working on or you should be doing, you've implemented boundaries just to care for yourself regardless of them. And boundaries don't require their approval as long as you approve of them you're good to go so i always think back to moments where i worked with difficult supervisors or difficult bosses and usually there was some type of behavior in that relationship for me that made me feel like this isn't working i can't work i can't work with you i can't report to you and so i had to be really proactive about my boundaries in my own personal situation it looked like being proactive about boundaries with my time, because I worked for someone who, you know, didn't really care when it came to piling extra things on my plate, asking me to do several jobs that were the jobs of other people. Um, There would be a meeting, and then I would show up for the meeting, and the other four people wouldn't show up, and I would end up having to take on their tasks and their responsibilities. And the super, my supervisor's response at the time was, well, I know you can handle it. We know that they're not going to do it. And there was very little accountability for the other folks. And I was the one who kept getting tasks piled onto me. So I had to be really thoughtful about the boundaries that I put in place because it it dawned on me very quickly that this supervisor saw my competence and saw my capability and saw my... The way that I would just take these tasks on, I might complain a little bit, but at the end of the day, I was going to do them and get them done. So they were not going to set a boundary and say, hey, I've given her, you know, five or six projects that weren't hers. I should probably stop. I had to get proactive and say, hey, just a reminder that I'm still working on those three projects that weren't mine. I can't take on anything else. I'm happy to sit down with you and the person whose project this originally was And maybe we can discuss how to, you know, delegate some of these duties. So really encouraging you that if you're feeling like you're working for a difficult boss or someone who makes your work environment more complicated than what you want to handle, be proactive about those boundaries. Also, be proactive about setting boundaries and maybe even distancing yourself. So consider ways that you can give yourself some space or some distance between this boss that you may have some friction with. Um, Maybe there's a few less meetings, a few less Zoom meetings or conference calls that you can attend. Um, Or maybe you can ensure that you distance yourself simply from the behavior. So whether that's setting boundaries with your time, setting boundaries with how you communicate, where you communicate, when you communicate, really sit down with yourself and kind of do a scan of over the past you know, three to six months, what are the ways that I feel like my boundaries and my needs have been kind of pushed aside or haven't been considered? Once you ask yourself that question and you really start to unpack some of the interactions that you've had, I think it'll give you a bit of a glimpse into where you might want to start setting those boundaries. And I gave time as an example, but for some of you, it might not be time. It might be in communication. Maybe this person consistently calls you with things and you're asking for written communication and you never get written communication. Maybe it's in, you know, blocking off calendars on your, blocking off meetings on your calendar without actually checking to see if you're available, but they just see any open spot and assume that you'll be at the meeting. Think about the ways that you feel like those lines have been crossed for you. And then be explicit about starting to set some boundaries that protect you from, you know, that that invasion of of your space and and areas that are really important to you. The next thing that I want to encourage you to do is to, if possible, um, try to stay one step ahead of your boss or your supervisor. And this can be a lot. But one thing I definitely tried to do was when I knew I was in a difficult situation, my, my supervisor worked in patterns. Like I could pretty much observe body language, times of the year, and really think about when I could feel some of those behaviors, those negative behaviors were gonna pop up. Last week in the podcast, I gave an example. I think it was last week or it might've been the week before. I talked about how, you know, Leaders really set the culture of an environment, and people on the team can typically tell, oh, you know, John just walked in the door. We can already tell what kind of day it's going to be, because likely John's body language on a good or a bad day is predictable. If you've worked around this person long enough, then you can tell, okay, by the way you walked in the door, I kind of get the feeling that today's going to be stressful or today's going to be a lot. So I have always tried to kind of stay one step ahead when it one step ahead when it comes to being aware of the body language, um, of the mannerisms of the person that I work for. By you know being like, okay, I'm gauging where you are right now, so I'm going to try to stay one step ahead so that I'm able to respond. Um, another way to stay one step ahead, you can also frame it from the idea. Of staying on top of projects and tasks that have been assigned to you. So typically, if I know I can expect this assignment might be coming to me that usually comes to me, sometimes I may try to stay one step ahead and either anticipate the task or anticipate my response to the task. So part of my boundary isn't always, I know you're going to throw extra work on me, so I'll take it. It's, I anticipate that you're going to throw this work on me, so I'm going to already work on my response and have my response ready so that when this comes my way, I know what I'm going to say. I am prepared. And a lot of times when we work for poor leaders or leaders where we have negative relationships, we can spend so much time in our head where we go back and we unpack, man, I wish I had said this or if I only could go back, I would have said that. And so I really tried to take away time to unpack my responses and to be thoughtful about how I responded, because I knew that was going to be all the more important in this, in this space where I felt like things were negative. And then my last tip um, is going to be really short and sweet. Try to avoid working for poor leadership again. One thing that I always do is I take notes. And I have a mental and a written list of qualities with leaders who I've had great relationships with and ones where I haven't. And the areas and the the businesses and the organizations where I felt like I've really been able to thrive versus those that I felt didn't give me space to grow at all. So when I would interview for positions, I would have all of those lists in my brain. And when I would be asked, you know, do you have any questions for us? I would pull questions from that list. So if you don't like being micromanaged, a great question to ask when you're looking for your next opportunity is, so I'm interested, what is your process for delegating responsibilities? Can you tell me a little bit more about what it looks like from, a lead, from this position's perspective of my ability to be able to take the lead on projects? You know, if you are someone who loves to work on a team where there is flexibility, in terms of, you know, coming in a little bit later, working a little bit later, a little bit more work-life opportunity there, asking questions about that. If you know you need a little bit more flexibility at this point in your life and you don't need someone who's gonna say, ah, you were two minutes late today and you left one minute early. you You can use interviews as time to ask for that. And I say that because I don't want you to think That the point of this podcast was, oh, she's telling me how to stay in a bad environment. But I also know that sometimes for other reasons, we can't always leave when we want to. So we have to begin to kind of make that exit plan or think ahead six to nine months from now, but we can't leave today. So hopefully these tips can give you insight into how to navigate in your day to day. But as you are looking for that next opportunity, you now have the tools and the knowledge to say, I know what I'm not looking for. So I'm going to be very specific when I'm interviewing and I'm researching companies and organizations to make sure that I do my due diligence so that I don't end up working for someone like this again. All right, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Rerooted and Thriving. I'm going to leave you with a pearl of wisdom as usual. This week's pearl of wisdom comes from Dr. Maya Angelou. And it says, you may not control all the events that happen to you. But you can decide not to be reduced by them. So if you've ever worked for a bad boss and you've navigated it and you've made it through, really try to take that experience and shape it so that it can kind of propel you into whatever your next is so that you can be successful. If you are interested, I'd love to have you for a one-on-one power hour. We can talk about all things, whether it's I want to know my strengths in the workplace or I'm trying to figure out what my next is, and I really want to sit down with someone and talk about what my next step step in leadership looks like. Highly encourage you to book a power hour. The link is in the show notes, or you can just visit my website, www.tamradias.com for details. That's all for this week, and I'll catch you back here next week. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Rerooted and Thriving podcast. Please remember, if you haven't, there's no better time than right now to book a one-on-one power hour session with me. I know you have those goals set. I know you're thinking about what you want to tackle in 2022. Don't do it alone. Book a one-on-one session with me on my website www.tamradias.com or send me a message on Instagram or Twitter at Dr. Tamra w. Dias. And I will make sure you get all set up. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. I'd love to work with you. I'll see you right back here on the podcast next week.